Right now, we're going to welcome on Joanna Marsh, our rail rider here at FreightWaves, to detail some of those stories we just heard about in headlines. Joanna, thank you for being here this morning. We're going to start off talking about Cincinnati and the Cincinnati Southern Railway and the potential sale to Norfolk Southern. This is a pretty interesting case, right? It's not usual that such a big city owns the land, but a class one operates the rails. How is this going to play out, do you think? You know, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, it was announced um, last uh, November, so November 2022. Um, and, uh, and, you know, initially, um, my personal opinion, like I had thought that it would be a fairly um, easy um, acquisition in the sense that, uh, you know, um, Norfolk Southern is offering, um, I think, 1.4 billion. I get confused between them and the Chrissy Grants. So one's, one's 1.4, one's 1.6. Um, so uh, either way, over a billion, um, over half a billion or nearly half a billion um, to uh, to purchase it after you know, leasing it for, for so many decades. Um, and, uh, and with the city of Cincinnati, um, potentially using that, um, that, that money from the sale, um, to fund infrastructure improvements, uh, for the city. And, uh, but there has been, um, some local opposition, rather vocal opposition, as well as, um, uh, opposition from Railroad, Railroad Workers United, um, which is an inter-union group, um, uh, kind of looking at, you know, sort of, um, uh, telling voters, uh, to, to vote no, that that's the other thing I should explain to you is that, um, so this potential, um, uh, sale to Norfolk Southern, um, uh, needs to be, uh, voted on, on November 7th. Um, so Cincinnati citizens will either vote yes, go ahead and sell it. No, let's keep it. Um, so that's what's, uh, happening right now. And I guess it's, it's a little over a month away until then. Um, but uh, but there has been kind of steady activity throughout 2023 about um, the sale and what it might mean for the city. Definitely a huge potential there for funds entering the city. Joanna, do you have any idea what the sentiment is or some of the feelings coming toward from city officials that may be kind of being spread throughout the area? Yeah, you know, I, it's it's a little hard to tell, I feel, because... I think those who are opposed to the sale are, are pretty vocal about it. Um, and I think those who might approve the sale um, beyond, of course, the city officials in Norfolk Southern um, haven't been um, as as uh, vocal in their, I don't say vocal necessarily in their support, but just, you know, sort of really pushing for a, a yes vote. Um, so there, there's been a lot more noise um, on, on, the, on the no end, but that, you know, I, I'm not sure where, um, where where most of the people fall. And of course, you know, it, how's it happening during election, you know, election season, um, you have the question. I'm not, to be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure um, what other um, offices are running uh, in the Ohio election. So, you know, you, you have that question too of just in general <laughs> election turnout. Um, it kind of being smaller um, in non-presidential election years. So yeah, it'll be a good question. I mean, it'll be a good, uh, it'll be interesting to see like how, how um, the vote pans out, you know, given that's a non-election year or non-presidential election year. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you've had kind of vocal opposition, but you don't really, I, I can't really tell um, in terms of uh, how many people are actively supporting it. But yes, as, as you mentioned, the um, city officials um, seem to be in, in favor of it, um, uh, you know, because it, it will um, 
um, go towards uh, funding infrastructure improvements. That's interesting from this because the city of Cincinnati makes about $25 million annually from the leasing, but this could be a $1.26 billion sale. That would be about 50 years worth of income for the city in one fell swoop instead. Joanna, let's move on to our second story here this morning, talking about the Federal Railroad Administration awarding a very large chunk of money to a very big handful of infrastructure projects. Can you talk a little bit about what some of this funding is going to? Sure. So um, the the grant program, the Christie grants, um, they're they're an annual uh, grant funding program, and it's for um, short line railroads that really often don't have um, the, the budget to, to do those those really big capital improvement programs, um, and also uh, um, um, other you know other sort of public entities as well, like you know state departments of transportation or um, or even ports. Um, so. The idea is that, you know, there are, um, I, I think there are about 70 projects that were awarded uh, funding this year um, across, I think, 35 states or so, like somewhere around there, uh, 30-something states. Uh, so it is across the U.S., and um, and a number of them have to be um, projects supporting rural uh, communities. And so I think um, so, so you have a really, um, it, it's actually a pretty cool list to, to see. I think if on the article, um, there's a list that will take you to um, the Federal Railroad Administration's website. And then from there, you can um, see what all the projects are. Um, I was only able to list, uh, like, I think six of the, of the 70 or so projects. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, um, but, you know, practically all of them have um, an interesting um, take on things, you know, um, None, I mean, you know, part of it is rail safety, but it's also um, improving um, shipper access. A number of them, I think, refer to grain shippers uh, in, in Washington State, but also um, Texas as well. Uh, you have um, the Port of Baltimore um, securing, um, I think, uh, like zero emission locomotives or, or low emission locomotives. Um, so it's just kind of cool to see like what, like all the various projects that um, are getting funded uh, through this go around. And of course, right, as you mentioned, there are just so many listed. And of course, looking at uh, containers being transported throughout the country, were there any words on or any kind of updates on uh, passenger trains maybe on the East Coast getting any upgrades? Oh, yeah, yes, of course. Yeah, actually, yeah, there were um, th there were quite a, a bit of um, projects supporting not just Amtrak, but also, but, um, but inner city rail and like, so commuter rail and, and, uh, and, um, and of course, you know, I, I believe there's some addressing, you know, the Northeast corridor, um, obviously the big one, um, not East coast, but, uh, but the Gulf coast, um, with, uh, trying to restore passenger rail service, um, Amtrak service, uh, between Mobile, Alabama and New Orleans. So, um, yeah, so that that's uh, that that was the, the big one, but there are many others. Um, you can go ahead and check out the the website for more. Also, I'll be holding out for upgrades or a revival of the Chattanooga Choo Choo here locally. But Joanna, thanks so much for joining us and giving us these updates. If people want to catch you speaking about rail a little bit more, how and when can they do that? Sure. So, um, market expert Mike Bowden to Stoll and I. There you go. Um, our uh, hosting People Speaking Rail, or PSR for short, <laughs> on Thursdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Awesome, Joanna. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Looking forward to it. All right, take care.
Right now, we're going to head over to the wall with Kaylee Nix, our next weather update.